Hello. Today, you'll hear an interview we have with Lucretia, one of the supposed victims of the Yankton Four. This is her story. Listen in as she explains what it was like in the foster care system, her feelings about what happened to her uncles, and the effects it had on her entire family. Um, Lucretia, you were very young when this happened. Um, what do you remember from that time? Um, I do, I do remember them surrounding my grandma's house and, and there were a lot of officers and everybody was just like basically running because <clears throat> we, we didn't know what was going on. The doors just got kicked in. All these officers with guns were running into our house and we didn't know what was happening. So basically my mom and my aunties were hiding us little, little kids underneath the beds and in the closet and stuff trying to like protect us. And the older cousins were able to like, you know, jump out the windows and take off and like, you know, get away. When they were, when the FBI agents and the cops came in to find all of us kids, the little ones, um, they were bringing us out of the closets and they were underneath the bed and everything. And they, we were walking down the hallways and I could see my uncles getting arrested. They had all these officers on them, laying them down. My mom, my aunties, my grandma were screaming and crying, telling, don't take the kids. Why are you taking the kids? Um, there was two vans waiting for us outside. And they basically just took all of us kids in the vans. And that was the last memory I remember of my family before they took us. So where did they take you? They took us to Elk Point in Jefferson, I believe, and they didn't say nothing else. They kept us there. They made sure um, it was nighttime before we pulled into the area of the farmhouse to make sure that we couldn't recognize the roads or recognize any signs or anything like that. They We drove around for a while until it got dark, until we got dropped off. And where they dropped us off at was a farmhouse. and. We were frightened. We didn't know what was going on. We were crying. We were hungry. We didn't know what was going on. And the next day, after we got dropped off, they introduced us to the foster parents. And then from there, they split us all up into other foster parents. Wow. So you, your siblings weren't in the same foster home as you? Um, the first round, we were together. And then after that, they started splitting us up from each other. So were nobody uh, taking care of you that day? Like, was there no social workers or anyone, you know, um, talking to you? That happened, I think, uh, a couple of days after we got placed in foster homes and they split us all up because I remember going strictly to the a room with social services and um, officers with a mirror tent window. And they had us kids going in the rooms back and forth. And they were for hours, we were in there for hours, just talking back and forth. They're showing us pictures, and these dolls, and they were showing us what will happen. And this is what's gonna happen. If you wanna see your mom and your dad, you could tell us what happened. This is what, this is what you're gonna say. And this is how it's gonna be. Do you miss your mom? Do you wanna see your mom? Do you wanna go home? If so, this is what you're gonna have to say. And. It was, yeah, it was horrible. Wow. So we did that every 
every week we had to do that in order to just try to go home and, and you didn't you didn't talk to no one no relatives came to see you or you they know. didn't tell they kidnapped us they did not tell our parents Sounds our grandma they didn't tell our aunties or our uncles where they were taking us they basically came in to the reservation to my grandma's house and took all of us kids out of there and held my uncles and my auntie and my grandma at gunpoint wow came and got us and took us in a van and kept us for for a while it, it was months and then it turned to years and then after years turned to more years wow they wow. had oh, Did, they had no idea where we were at they could not find us they, they could not write to us they could not talk to us they couldn't see us that had to be so scary for you and so traumatizing i can't even imagine that how old were you I was three. Three. Wow. And were you ever returned back home to your parents? Later on in the years, I was. After we had to go to the system and endure a lot more. And I didn't come home until I was like 13, maybe 12. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And your parents weren't even convicted of a crime. You were, you were stolen oh. from your family. And they didn't yep. do anything. Even if this, just take for instance, if it did happen, it, th your parents were involved. And but, Lucretia, am I correct in that you didn't live in your grandmother's house? No, we had our own house. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. And we were up there visiting. We were up there, you know, visiting our grandma. She like, she was into making quilts. She liked us to go through buttons and help her sort through mm -hmm. her buttons and put her quilts together for her, you know, like patterns and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. My grandma was a good woman and she didn't deserve any of that. And it could be by hearsay by anybody to this day. It could be by hearsay by anybody and it could happen to anybody just like that. Um, Lucretia, just to um, get things started off right, um, did this ever happen? Did your uncles ever inappropriately touch any of you kids? No. Okay. I just want to get that on record right away. And I just um, want to point out while we're here that there's no woman or grown adult who would say it didn't happen if it did happen. Right. Can over and over and over again, constantly over, have to relive this over and over again. And so it's a lot, you know, but if, if, if these, if these gentlemen did do this, these, these now grown, uh, former kids who were involved in this, they wouldn't be saying it never happened. They'd be like, yeah, well, maybe this did happen or whatever. The stories wouldn't be consistent over time, over and over again. These, these poor children come in forward saying, no, it did not happen. And no one will listen to them. I'm sorry, it just aggravates me. <laughs> yeah. Lucrisa, did you, um, any of you kids have an attorney to represent you in court? Um, the first, um, first trial that we do, rem I do remember was federal court. <clears throat> Her name was Mickey. And in the video and audio, I don't know if they still have it to this day, but they did co coerce us in the testifying room before we actually went to court. And we had to go through this um, ordeal in order the final day when we see our uncles 
we've seen our mom and aunties for how many years that they were going to be in a courtroom that we had to follow these rules in order to go home. And Mickey Kaplan, she was supposed to be our attorney and our caseworker. She sat right next to us when we were testifying on the stand and she was telling us what to say. And I remember this because I waved at my uncles when I went to the courtroom. I waved right at them and I smiled right at them and I got in trouble for that. Wow. Wow. It's unbelievable. Just no, no, I believe you. So tell me, me how is this possible that if this was all supposed to be true, all this hearsay, how could a child, how could I still remember that? I still remember my uncles and I waved at them and I was so happy to see them. Mm. Oh my. That's what hurts the most. And my family would never raise like that. Right. And if they, if they did do do these things, like if they would say, okay, you were three, you don't remember, but you remember waving at them. So if this, I remember a lot of things when Mm -hmm. I was three, I remember the examination that they took on us without our permission. I remember what they did to us in the system and how they made us starve. I remember a lot of things that a three-year-old should not remember. So tell me. Yeah. So what was that first um, foster home like? First foster home was a fucking, it was really racist. (laughs) Um, She would only pick out the certain ones of the kids to feed first. And she had different names for all of us. Um, We had to do chores, adult chores as children. the boys would have to do farm work outside at age seven and six. Um, yeah, they were, it was pretty rough out there. They had electrical fence around the property, so we could not run anywhere because we kept trying to run home, even though we didn't know where we were going. Um, she gave us, she, I don't know, it was a lot to go endure. When we were hungry, she wouldn't let us come inside and eat. We would have to sneak in a barn and go eat dog food. Oh. Wow. I was sick with that, that we had to endure because of her choices. She didn't like natives and she, they knew, the system knew what they were doing to Native American children and these families and putting them in white homes in South Dakota. Wow. How many, of, how many siblings do you have? I have three sisters and two brothers. Okay. And were you all placed in the same foster home? For a short period of time, yeah, until they split us all up after a couple months. <clears throat> I think it was like four months after. Then they start splitting us up into different families in South Dakota. And then they start splitting up my cousins and sticking them in worser, way worser foster homes than what was, yeah. Wow. Um, and I remember hearing somewhere, I don't know if it was on one of the videos that I watched, but... Um, Weren't some children allowed to go back to your grandmother's house? The older ones were. The ones that were able to, like, um, of age. Oh, okay. They were yeah. over 18 or or they were just... Just of age. It's like, yeah, 17, 18. Okay. Okay. Because I'm wondering why, if they feel this abuse is going on in the home, 
they would allow anybody, any child back in that home. Right. It's, the system is crazy. The way they had done it back in the day in 1993, it was um, like a circus. Like it was crazy. Like how could they say these things and make up all these lies and then put it all together in place and destroy these innocent children and then lock away innocent men for what purpose? I don't understand it all. The more that I became older, the more I studied, the more I did my homework on everything. I wanted to know who my uncles were and why they were missing out of my life and why this was all happening. And I finally understood. Wow. Tribe was embezzling the corruption of everything else. It goes into deep politics. It goes into a lot. It's it's pretty big. So when you finally did make it home, all these a decade later, were you able to try to find out what had happened, or did you know that this had happened to your cousins as well? That they had been. I didn't know. I didn't really fully understand my other cousins that came home a little bit later, because I was like probably the third, third, last one to come home. Wow. Um, everybody was different when we came back home. Everybody was in their own little like um how would you say that like their own little we knew something happened but we didn't really fully like get get to know we know each other fully mm -hmm. so with me being aggressive and not having um had all this anger inside of me so i was always locked up in jdc or i was always away from the family so i really didn't get to spend time with my sisters or my other cousins like i wanted to so with that structure in my life it kind of made me have more order when I got older and I came back from home and I stayed with my grandma and she practically raised me from then. So I really wasn't out like how the rest of them were like, um, how would you say it? Um, troubled, um, drank a lot. Uh, PTSD, post-traumatic. Traumatized. Traumatized, yeah. So a lot of them were acting out at a young age and so was I, but I was doing it where I got locked up in JDC for like almost a year or two and I come home and everybody's so different. I'm so different. So you weren't returned back home to your mom. You were returned to your grandmother. Um, it was like an off and on battle between me and my mom. I oh. blamed her a lot for everything. And okay. then I didn't finally realize till later that they made my mom go through more than anything. And she didn't want me to, she didn't want us to know what she had to go through. And that's why she drank so much. And I always wondered why she would be so angry and so, you know, always want to drink all the time. And she told us what they did to her. And that made me realize that hurt me so much. And now I fully understand what my mom's going through to this day. And it's sad to say that, but they're doing the same thing to me with my kids. Really? And, and it's frustrating as hell because, um, my mom had working job at the casino. They made her go through counseling, all her classes, her UAs, her PBTs, get your own place, get your own vehicle, and you can get your kids back, is what they said to her when she was fighting for us. She did all that, and still we couldn't come home. And that caused her to have depression and to drink more. And she said, no matter how hard I looked for you guys, no matter how hard I tried to work and save up money, she said, I was never still able to see you guys. 
that's just that's that's heartbreaking i just i and it's still going on it's still going on today lucretia i really appreciate you going through all of this once more and and letting us know and because it must be horrifying to it is have to, to yeah no and apart from that imagine taking away a, like uh children oh, from yeah. their homes and so lucretia you must have felt like alone i understand mm -hmm. why you would at that young age and growing up think that you were let down by everybody right because you were all alone and i just I can't can't believe it i just don't like that i have abandonment issues <laughs> to this day in pdsd <laughs> right how could you not right that's what i was gonna say mm -hmm. that's totally understandable that that you do because you've been let down your your whole life you were a mm -hmm. baby when you were taken away my youngest sister, she was only three months when they took her. She was just an innocent baby. She was a newborn. That was my little sister they took away from my mom. Yeah. So when the visitations came, she couldn't even recognize my mom. Wow. When it was a visitation time, and that's what hurt me the most. My mom said, my baby don't even recognize me. She wouldn't even go to my mom or nothing. Oh, that's so sad. I mean, sad doesn't even cover it. It just, it's devastating. It's devastating. And and it's the thing is, it was so unnecessary. 27 years, they've been locked up in federal prison. Missing out of, out of our lives. And you and your cousins have been like abused and traumatized yeah. by the and, system. Yep. So what happened in place of the foster homes um, with my other cousins, that was real. You know, they made them do certain things. They, the foster parents made my cousins do certain things to them and stuff like that, that they would, they can never get over. They can never get, they can never erase that. So they took innocent children from the family and put them in real homes with monsters. Oh, that is That's so horrifying. That is really disturbing. Mm -hmm. And and this kind of stuff is still going on today in the Native it's community? still happening to this day. For each Native American child that's in the system right now, it's $1,000 per Native oh. child. That's why they want all the Native American children that's where the highest rate racism right now is the Native American children. So each month, a foster parent and the system will get $1,000 each month for each individual Native American child. Is no one, you know, looking into this, you know, is no one um, helping you, got, you? You got the dirty corruptions. You got the dirty politics on the tribal board meetings. Um, I mean, you could stay, you know, you could try to get all the help you want and everything. But they're just gonna turn away and not notice what's going on. Um, a lot of children are going missing. A lot of women are going missing. Yes. And they're Native American, and nobody is doing nothing about it to this day. 
I mean, you could join the protests and all this and that, but that still will just get a foot to the door. But where are they really going? What's really happening to them? Wow. That's, Nobody yeah. knows. There's a big, um, I can't say big, there is a push right now to looking into the missing and murdered um, indigenous women. Um, it's been brought to light actually by the Gabby Petito case, the you know pretty blonde white girl that went missing and was murdered. And then there's been an uproar about, well, what about the missing and murdered indigenous women? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. there are some people that are taking notice, but we need the right people to take notice, exactly. the people that will make the difference. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because uh, just think if we didn't have to go through all this in our past, will we still be here? Yeah, it's a, it's a circle of traumatization. Like do, it's a, it's a question that I always, I always wanted to answer, you know what I mean? If we didn't fight so hard as children, if we didn't run away so much, and if we didn't make a stand, would we still be missing? Would wow. anybody even notice and care that us kids went missing? Because they could have easily got rid of us. And they could have got easily rid of my aunties, just the way they try to get rid of my uncles. That's so scary. It, it is. is. And, and it, it, it makes sense, you know, to feel that way. Mm -hmm. I'd be terrified. It disturbs me to no end that this is happening in, in this country that we live in today. I, yeah. I just, you know, living in my privileged white world, I had no idea that this stuff was going on. Right. I'm sorry, Lucretia. I'm so sorry for what your family has suffered. And I'm still suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it uh, sounds very never ending, because even if everything was perfect now and uh, people weren't racist and abusive and the system wasn't corrupt and abusive, everything that happened still happened. And that is will still affect you. Right. And everyone it's happened too, and it's a. Uh, very um, disturbing, yes, to know that this is um, one that it happened to you and your uncles and your cousins, but that it's not a one-off or, you know, oh, how unfortunate this was a big mistake, that it's just a, seems like a very standard thing. Even perhaps organized, you know, to, to make the system going like this the foster system and and so on. Lucretia, can I ask you, did you go to school when you were in foster care? And Yeah, we went to many, many different schools. Um, we like bounced around from different schools. Yeah, okay, because I would think that, you know, the schools would also, uh, you know, have to take notice if, if you were not you know, being treated well, but maybe that's why you went to many different schools, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, they, they moved us around a lot in the system to make sure that we weren't, yeah. It was pretty painful, pretty, 
I try not to remember these memories, you know. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening into this heartbreaking story. Tune in next week as the Rouse case continues with Mike Ware.